Be seated. Um, it's my great privilege to introduce my spiritual director and my mentor in ministry, Reverend Suzanne Brantley. Um, as many of y'all know, Suzanne will be your pastor taking care of you while I'm on sabbatical later this summer. Um, and I'm so thrilled that she said yes to that. She's got a very extensive and impressive biography, um, but to me, she has just been a mentor in ministry. Um, she's been a friend when my children have been sick and telling me it's going to be okay. She's prayed with me and she taught me how to be a pastor and how to lead in prayer. Like even, I remember, Suzanne's very blunt with me. So she's just like, straighten out, Laura. Um, she said, are you, like I said, I'm praying for my church. And she said, are you sitting in the space? This was years ago. Are you sitting in the space? Are you walking the space and reaching out your hands to each of the rows? And I was like, no. And she said, well, do that. And I was like, Okay, and so um, ever since then, I, I come in here, every church I've served, I, I come in and I pray, and I think of y'all here, because Suzanne was like, do that for your people. Um, so I'm excited for what we can all learn from her. Um, she has great wisdom, and so thank you for preaching today. Love you. Thank you, dear friend. I love her a lot. Our first reading from the scripture is from the book of Psalms, and it's Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Our reading from the Gospels is from the book of Mark, and it's verses 25 through 34. Would you stand for the reading of the gospel, please? It was nine o'clock in the morning. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. A sign announced the charge against him. It read, The King of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Ha! Look at you now! They yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests and teachers of religious law also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down from the cross so we can see it and believe him. Even the men who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Then at three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? This is the word of God, and it is true, and you may believe it. Please see it.
About 40 <clears throat> or 45 years ago, I went to the doctor for what seemed a very minor problem. Uh, some tests were taken, and I left unconcerned. About a week later, the phone rang, and it was the doctor's office asking me to please come back in. I did, and the doctor said, you have cancer. I was frozen. He talked. I don't think I said a word. I just sat there. And then I left. Well, appointments were made, more tests were run, and finally a date was set for the surgery. More than anything else, I wanted to pray. But I had left the church sometimes before that. And my faith was like a child's faith. It had been that many years. And the prayers I knew were now laying me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Amen. It's not a bad prayer. Our God is great, God is good. We thank you for our daily food, amen. Which is not as good because we used to zip through it. <laughs> so I asked some people, how do you pray? And they just looked at me like, everybody knows that. No, they don't. And then they would say things like, well, it's God's will, which I thought was silly. None of them prayed with me. And I didn't know how. The thing that scared me the most was that I would die before I got to see my little boy grow up into the man that he would become. Well, as you can see, surgery went fine. And the boy has grown up to be a fine man. <laughs> he is 55 years old. <laughs> and he's, he's a wonderful man. And I've learned to pray. Some ladies helped me. But I learned to pray my heart to pray who I was, the depths of me that God created. So I just prayed. That's what I do now. And I say the Lord's Prayer every day because I think Jesus put that there for a reason, don't y'all? You know. So I pray every day the Lord's Prayer, and then I pray Suzanne's Prayer. Well, the cross, but let me tell you that I still remember that lonely time. It can still make me cry sometimes. 
I've not forgotten. The cross is hard to understand. The Bible gives us four reports or accounts of it. All the Gospels tell the story, and in all of them, the main thing is the main thing. But, you know, they agree that Jesus died on a cross at a place called Golgotha. There were two others who died that same day the same way. There was a sign on Jesus' cross saying, King of the Jews. That was the charge against him. And the soldiers divided up his clothing. And he died that day. Now, there are differences in each account. You know, this was really interesting. I'm so glad Laura gave me this scripture because it was hard. And I I did lots of reading and study. Do, Do you know, I got on my computer, and Charles Spurgeon was a great evangelist way, way back. Long sermons. Wouldn't have stood for him today. But long. And he wrote one on this. And I sat there and read it. Oh, it was good. It was so good. And then my favorite pastor, who's not dead, is her and Barbara Brown Taylor, who's an Episcopalian. And I read her sermons. And she had written one. On this. So I read that and I studied the commentaries and read it over to myself and asked God to help me out to show me, to show me about this. So there are differences in each of the accounts. You know, people when people are eyewitnesses to a crime or an accident, they'll see different things. One time I read, I think I was reading a mystery story, and they said eyewitnesses are the worst eyewitnesses in the world because everybody sees things differently. You know, if it's an accident, they'll say the car was coming this way, it's going fast, and someone else said, no, I thought it was going that way, and it was really almost stopped. Yeah. <laughs> So we have here different accounts. They are in the main, they are the same. But they see and they hear different things, and I'm glad of that. And the Bible is not afraid to give us these four accounts. Luke tells us that Jesus forgave the ones who were crucifying him, Jesus said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. And they didn't. Or they wouldn't have done it. They were just doing their jobs, you know. But Jesus forgave them. And the conversation between Jesus and the two criminals on the cross, when one asked for forgiveness, and Jesus says, today, you will be in heaven with me. I'm so glad they, that they put that in there. It's just so good. 
And Mark tells us about Simon of Serene carrying Jesus' cross because Jesus could no longer do it. He was exhausted. He'd been beaten almost to death. And so the Romans were not being kind when they said do it. They just had a job to do and had to get it done. And so Simon, I call him Blessed Simon to get to do that. I think maybe some blood maybe got on Simon or some sweat. I just think that's something I would have wished I could have done. So each of them shows us a different side of Jesus' death and a different side of ourselves. So as we read these accounts, we enter more deeply into that day. Question comes, why? Well, because Jesus had become sin for us. His blood has washed us of our sins. The scripture reading from Mark tells us that he was crucified at 9 o'clock in the morning. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until 3 o'clock. Can't you imagine that? Everything turned dark. And God was silent. He had moved away from Jesus because he was sin for the world. Darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock when Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Did his father ever leave him before? No. You can search through all four of the Gospels and never find an instance of the father forsaking him or not being there. In John chapter 11, Jesus says, You hear me always. You hear me always. Jesus was born in Bethlehem while angels sang from heaven. He might have heard that. I don't know. But it could have happened. He was a man of prayer, always seeking his father's wisdom. Sometimes he prayed through the night. He would pray all night. Jesus heard the voice of his father two times. The voice came from heaven. Once by the river Jordan where, John him, where Jesus himself was baptized. A voice from heaven said when Jesus came up out of the water, You are my dearly beloved son and you bring me great joy. And later, he and Peter and John and James 
went to a high mountain to be alone. And there, the Bible tells us that Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun and that his clothes became as white as light. A voice from heaven said, This is my dearly beloved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. But that day, it was gone. That day, it was gone. Jesus had become sin for you and me. Max Licato writes, he wore our sin so we could wear his righteousness. He is our salvation. At three o'clock, Jesus summons up the last of his strength. Whenever you are crucified, you die of suffocation because you, you're hanging there and you have to have the strength to raise yourself up to breathe. So he summons up the last of his strength to get a breath. And he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Those beautiful words went out into the world. He prays from the word to his father. He prays to him as God. He says it twice, my God. My God. See, he never, Jesus never, ever thought of turning to anyone but his father. He believed in him. He loved him. He is there alone. And yet, he prays, my God, my God. He always loved his father. And that day, that love went out into the world, spoken. That world, that love enfolds us all. He's never away. You see, Jesus' faith did not for a moment falter, not for a moment. Twice he says it, my God, my God. Not for a moment did his faith falter. Dearly beloved people, hold on to Jesus. Sink or swim. Hold on to Jesus. He is faithful And he is true, and he is with us in times of silence and of darkness. He loves us, and he will never, ever, ever let us go. Hold fast to Jesus. Amen. Friends, let's pray together. 
God, you know our hearts, and you know that there are times in our lives, just like the time Suzanne talked about, when we don't know how to pray. We want to desperately, but we feel so alone or the hurt is so great. And so we thank you for Jesus, who also knows what that feels like and yet gives us an example, um, redeems us even, so that we don't have to feel alone, so that we don't have to feel scared, that we have this Savior who has been through this and more for our sakes. And so help us, God, to hold on tightly to Jesus and to realize what he has done for us and how he has set us free. We ask this in his strong name. Amen.